Talking in the Movies. Will you just shut up? Welcome to Talking in the Movies. I'm Rebecca. I'm Julia. And today we're going to be talking about um, the Mortal Instruments City of Bones. Okay, so this episode has spoilers for Mortal Instruments City of Bones, uh, the Mortal Instruments book series, and Hunter Hunter. Trigger warnings for incest, child abuse, animal killing, uh, people being drugged, violence, and child abandonment. Okay, this is my backstory. So, in middle school, legendarily, legendarily, yeah, me and Julia's friend group, you know, they were, like, into Shadowhunters. So then I started reading Shadowhunters, and I got really into it. Yeah. And it was really amazing, and they're good, and they're such good books that I love. Mm -hmm. And Julia didn't read them. I didn't read them. So I'm lame, apparently. Apparently she was tuning us out. Quote, unquote. Well, (laughs) yeah. I was just confused. I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah. No, literally, like, I literally just read the books because, like, all our, like, like, lunchtime would get so confusing if you hadn't read the books. Normally, the premise of our podcast is that we're, like, watching movies that, like, we don't know anything about. It is true that I don't really know what this movie is, and I've never seen it, but I have like obsessively read all of the books that it's based on (laughs) and also i've watched a few episodes of the show that was sort of like created as like a continuation of the movie although it had like a new cast and like kind of a new plot it was like basically the movie failed so they decided to do a show that's basically what happened okay so basically um it's called shadow hunters because there are like these people who were like blessed by the angel like hundreds of years ago and they are, like, charged with protecting humanity from demons. And they're, like, a secret society, kind of. And they think they're better than people. Mm-hmm. But they're like, oh, we got to protect them. Um, so then there's demons, and they fight the demons. Yeah. And then there's these creatures called downworlders, which aren't demons, and they're not necessarily evil, but they face a lot of discrimination from shadow hunters, and they kind of can get up to some sketchy stuff. They're edgy. Yeah, the downworlders are edgy, and they're really okay. cool. And, they're, yeah, they're vampires, werewolves, fairies, and warlocks. Okay. And... Yeah, basically I'm trying to start um, a Shadowhunters renaissance a la the Twilight renaissance, <laughs> and it's not quite working because not as many people have read it, Yeah, but every copy of a Shadowhunters book does say, wait, let me get a copy really quick, 36 million readers can't be wrong. So I assume that thirty uh, or that Shadowhunters have sold 36 million copies, which is wow. a lot. That's like, a lot. It's very, they're very popular. So it's not like a phenomenon like Twilight, but it should be. Oh. And I'm going to make it one. Okay, so basically... They should make a selection movie. They should. They should. They literally should. I would watch that. People, I... It was, like, a thing. No. And, like, I saw people, like, bashing the selection series. No. Like, recently. No. And they are like, it was, like, the worst, like, wh- like YA book of the early 2010s. And I'm like, shut your trap. <laughs> okay? Shut your trap. Shut your trappy. <laughs> <laughs> childhood yeah the selection series is iconic and you should also read it and they should also make a movie yeah and if you don't like it that's me screw off screw off (laughs) (laughs) okay anyways yeah so yeah i don't know i guess i was just into like very popular but like like still obscure like ya trash in middle school. <laughs> and I will defend this YA trash with my life. 
very popular but obscure. <laughs> it's like it's like it wasn't like like if you talk to like someone the popular like, obscure book. Yeah, if you talk to someone who like didn't read books, they wouldn't know who it was. Or if you like talk to like an adult, they wouldn't know who it was. Like Twilight, it was like very popular and everyone knew about it, even if they like hadn't read it. And this was like very popular, but like people who hadn't read it didn't know about it. I see. Yeah. Yeah, clearly. Mm-hmm. For me, just being so oblivious to, to beauty and truth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is another episode where I, where one of us gets indoctrinated into a cult or attempted to be yeah. indoctrinated into a yeah, cult. I will, on this episode, I will be attempting to indoctrinate Julia into a cult. Yay. So the movie is called The Mortal Instruments, City of Bones. Um, the first Shadowhunters series is called The Mortal Instruments, although I think there's, like, at least four series now. Jamie Campbell Bower, I think. Bower? Bower. I was looking at him because he's in the latest season of Stranger Things, I think. Oh, whoa. I mean, he is, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, like, the evil dude. And he was in Twilight and Harry Potter. Holy This man cow. has had a career. What a career. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so this man has just been a minor character in every single successful franchise. Yeah. Um, ever, except for Marvel. I was Slay. focusing on v- Lily Collins, because that's the star of Emily in Paris. And she plays oh. the main character in this movie. You know how many fucking mm. times I've heard of Emily in Paris, but I've never even seen it? I know. It's insane. Um, okay, so this basically seems like it'll be a much better cast than the show has. Mm-hmm. Even though they were all recast, for whatever reason? Yeah. I mean, it could just be that these people didn't all want to sign on to, like, a five years long show, you know? Because um, they had better things to do. Yeah. Because <laughs> these people are, like, actually famous, and the other people are not. Not, yeah. Except Harry Shum Jr. That's, like, the only person <laughs> who I've seen in other things. So, you know, good for Harry Shum Jr. Okay. So these people just seem better. I'm excited for this movie because these people are better. Yeah. In conclusion. Should we look at reviews? Yeah. Or right, first I was going to read, like, the description. Okay. Okay. Mortal Instruments. <laughs> City of Bones. <laughs> In New York City, a seemingly ordinary teenager named Clary Frey, played by Lily Collins, learns that she is descended from a line of shadow hunters, half-angel warriors who protect humanity from evil forces. After her mother disappears, Clary joins forces with a group of shadow hunters and enters Downworld, an alternate realm filled with demons, vampires, and a host of other creatures. Clary and her companions must find and protect an ancient cup that holds the key to her mother's future. Wow. So, something that I'm curious about is that this, so, in the book, this ends on a cliffhanger. And when this is portrayed in the show, they also ended on a cliffhanger. So, I guess it depends whether they were planning on making more of these when this came out. Because if they were, then they would have the movie end on a cliffhanger. Whoa. But if they weren't, then they would need to resolve it. I think um, they probably resolved it. If yeah, they... but this was clearly meant to be a series of movies. And wow. And it just failed, and they couldn't make any more. Well, <laughs> we'll have to see. Yeah, okay. So, let's read some reviews. 13% critic score and 58% audience score. Even Megan has a better... Megan has a 94% rating. That cannot Pe- be real. My dad keeps saying that critics love Megan, and they think it's a great movie. And I think that they fucking paid them off. I think so, too. I think they've been shilling out those coins There's no to way. the reviewers of Megan. 
because so true. all the people who are watching for fun go as a joke because they're like, this movie's so bad. Yeah. And then all the critics are like, this is such a good movie. And it has- Excuse me. Something's not adding up. Yeah. Something's not adding up. Mm-hmm. Well, what if they got nominated for like the Oscars or something? Because they just paid people. That'd be iconic. Maybe. Okay. That probably wouldn't happen. Okay. Whoa. Divergent tie-in. Um, you might also like Allegiant, which is the third- movie in the Divergent series. Whoa. It is famously a complete piece of shit. The mortal instrument City of Bones is such a pathetic mess you end up feeling a little sorry for the poor mite. Okay. Um, Michael Scrugal Michael Scrugal says every fantasy creature except zombies gets a workout in this overstuffed spectacle about a teenage girl who discovers she has angelic blood in her veins. Eh. Francesca Steele says, This is filmmaking at its most cynical, but none of it actually makes much sense. Damn. So basically, just people really hate it. Yeah, people really hate it. Mm hmm. Yeah, like with a passion. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Let's read audience reviews. Let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to the good stuff. Okay. Cheyenne T says, I love this. It was confusing at first, and then it was great and understanding. You can put the pieces together. <laughs> I love a good understanding movie. Yeah, and then it was great and understanding. <laughs> Lucy S is just an absolute super fan. Yep. Absolutely brilliant movie. Much better than the series. Wish they'd make another one. Wow. <laughs> Ray A says, It's my favorite movie, and I think that I haven't appreciated it enough. <laughs> Wow. Despite the fact it's their favorite movie. I haven't appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Rating 6 out of 10. Clarify. 68 out of 100. <laughs> so Carrie W. really wanted to make sure that they got that 0.08%. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a lot, you know? Yeah. That's almost 7 or not out point, of 10. Wait, no, that 8%. 8%. Yeah. That 8%. What's going on with high heels and tight outfit? <laughs> Um, Justin W. says, interesting mystery of the secret society, but poorly planned and executed, messy actions, and suffered from an ununderstandable storyline. What actually does a shadow hunter do compares to a demon's hunter? <laughs> Why going on with high heels and high outfit? <laughs> At least it's entertaining, but nothing more, unfortunately. <laughs> Why going on with high heels and tight outfit? You know, that's such a good point, you know. Just why going on? So true. Mm-hmm. Avatar says, Not having read the books, I found this movie for teenagers to enjoy. Unfortunately, I did not. And not is capitalized. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> okay. Okay. A lot of, there's just, like, a lot of books fans who are either, like, weighing in, like, oh, this is, like, good, but not as good as the show, and, like, I really like the book, or just, like, oh, this wasn't as good as the books. Um, yeah, okay. Let's go to Common Sense Media. We love Common Sense Media. And I feel like since this is an older, like, the older something is on Common Sense Media, the more unhinged the reviews are. <laughs> so, I feel like I'm we really could get excited some, for this. Yeah, we could get some gems. Yeah. Okay. How old is your kid? Eight. <laughs> We're just babies. Okay. Wow, it only gets two it stars gets two on here. two stars out of five. Wow. And then it's uh, ages 13 plus. 
Parents say ages 13 plus, kids say ages 12 plus. And parents give it three out of five stars, and kids give it four out of five stars. Wow. So, you know, it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um. Okay. <laughs> Hood Seagull says this is for age 15 plus. Okay, we started watching this movie with our 11 and 13 year olds based on the parent reviews, and it was a mistake. Even I didn't care for the graphic violence, complete with full sound effects. A menacing dog turns into no a way. slithering demon thing and chases a girl until she blows it up with a fiery explosion. A man is savagely beaten until he fesses up to something. When the scary mouthless guy meets the two oh kids at the God. cemetery, we finally turn it off. Maybe my kids are sensitive, but I am anticipating nightmares coming soon. Common Sense Media's age recommendation is way off here. Okay. Okay. Um, Gardener Rabbitry says this is oh. for age 17 plus. They say adults only. Oh. These, are, these are adult reviews, by the way. Oh my god, I do not like Gardener Rabbitry. <laughs> Entertaining for adults. Not kid-friendly. Glad I watched this series first or I would have been confused. The choice of lead actress was weird. If they went to the work of dyeing her hair red, they could have done something with her massively huge black eyebrows. It is so rude. <laughs> Regardless, it has violence, LGBTQ propaganda, and drinking. Oh my god. And they say this title too has- Too much violence. Too much violence, too much <laughs> sex, too much swearing, too, too much, much consumerism, consumerism, and too much drinking slash drugs slash smoking. Wow. All right. You gotta stay away from the LGBTQ propaganda. Yeah. Who knows yeah. what might happen? Who knows what you you just might get turned. You might you just know? turn the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> so true. Okay. You know what? Gardener Rabbitry, even though you're bigoted and you suck, I'm I'm glad that you produced this entertaining content for us to view. Yeah. Okay. Sadie Way adults, this is for ages 10 plus. It's really amazing. JCB is literally the best Jace! Four exclamation points. I can't believe he's Jace inside and out, in real life. I even hope he could play Will Herondale. You know, TID is better than TMI, so TID stands for the Infernal Devices. Okay. It's the second series in the Shadowhunters, like, universe, after the Mortal Instruments, which is Okay. Okay. But sadly, time flies. I'm frustrated that we would never see an epic work from Shadowhunter's world. Dot, dot, dot. This title has great messages and great role models. Okay. Lee L. says, <laughs> Great book. Too many adult themes for my year boy. <laughs> Why? What do you mean year boy? You mean it's like one year old and you're like, Yeah, this, this is going to be a great movie to show my baby. <laughs> all right <laughs> you're like everyone's like this is for ages like 13 plus and he's like yeah perfect for my one-year-old but yeah but lee l rated it age 16 plus so <laughs> yeah how much does he like, know what like i was so confused it's not appropriate for a one-year-old it's clearly not appropriate for anyone under than 16 yeah okay okay i want to see the kid reviews yeah me too these were all the adult reviews yeah so there are only 14 kids reviews but there's 58 kids reviews so there's only 14, you said, yeah, you said 14 kids reviews. Oh, there's 14 parents reviews, sorry, and 58 kids reviews. Yeah. Well, okay, Coffee and Critique is a kid aged 11 years old. Yeah. Who um, says this is for ages 9 plus and gave it two stars. Disappointing YA adaptation has some mild fantasy violence. Consensus. 
This film is an adaptation of the wildly popular novel City of Bones by Cassandra Clare. The film boasts a strong lead actress, Lily Collins, but the acting falls flat and the plot seemed contrived. As for parents seeing if this film is suitable for young children, the film does contain some mild fantasy violence, though it is all relatively bloodless and easily distinguishable from real life. Besides, there's no other iffy stuff of note. What about the LGBTQ propaganda? Yeah, what about the Talking LGBTQ kid, 11 years old, is forgetting about all this LGBTQ propaganda. There's too much propaganda. And Lily Collins' massive black eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the best part. Okay. Everybody says it's really too violent. Yeah, yeah, these are boring. They're just like, it's too violent. Yeah. Oh my god, this is a controversial take. What? Elena 23232 says... Better than the TV show. Sorry. Whoa. I won't lie. I feel the movie portrays the characters better and is closer to a first book than the TV show is. I'm sure that's true. The TV show is not even an adaptation, basically. It's completely its own thing. Okay. For instance, the relationship between Clary and Isabel is shown as them not having the best relationship as it is in the um, books, but the TV show shows them as being quite close friends. They actually kind of are friends in the books. Dude, it says there... <laughs> one another reviewer says that there weren't actual sex scenes. However, there were some graphic kissing scenes. Yeah. So graphic. Mm-hmm. Oh, this person accidentally reviewed the movie when they were trying to review the book. Oh. Whoops. Well, okay. Maybe there will be some actual sex scenes in the movie. Or maybe they'll take out the graphic kissing scenes. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I feel like the... Okay, I feel like the cast is just, like, better, so I feel like it's going to be better. Oh, no, did they give him a British accent? Wait, can we scroll up a little bit? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Elena Gilbert, kid, 12 years old, says this is for ages 10 plus. And they say, so bad, it's somehow good. First off, the actor for Jace switches between a British accent and an American (laughs) one in the middle of the sentences. Other than that, it follows the book pretty well, but Valentine looks so weird. Is that the eyebrow girl valentine is the villain oh um clary is the eyebrow maybe she also has weird eyebrows valentine's a boy maybe he also (laughs) has weird eyebrows a boy he's a man (laughs) maybe the man also has weird weird eyebrows eyebrows. (laughs) okay i think i don't know there were okay this is a warning for slutty clothing whoa they don't say that that's my interpretation Mm -hmm. i'm sure they would never call someone a slut (laughs) <laughs> okay, there are a few scenes where the main character is wearing a dress that, as she says, is more like a shirt. Wow. So, but they don't say there's too much sex, so, you know. All right. Well, okay, I think it does end in a cliffhanger because people are mentioning, like, a sequel that they think is going to happen, and that never happened because they just made the TV show instead. Wow. So, I think this this movie might end on a cliffhanger that they just gave up on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well... We're going to watch the movie now. I'm going to yeah. get some water because my throat fucking hurts. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay, so we watched half the movie. <laughs> this section's going to be pretty short because Julia has to leave in 10 minutes. Yeah. So, um... We're just going to go over um, the iconic first half of this movie. Yeah. To be honest, about three quarters of the way through this half. So about three-eighths through this movie, I started to get really bored. Yeah. I was like, damn, like, this is actually just, like, not very good. Like, it's not really heating up. And then, let me tell you, it, it, it heated up. It heats up, man. It really does. Like, directly at the halfway point. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, 
Yeah, literally at the exact halfway point, it just becomes so iconic, like, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so basically, the main character's name is Clary. Mm-hmm. And it's, it starts with she and her friend Simon, and they're, like, normal people. And yeah. she and her friend Simon are, like, going to his friend's poetry reading. <laughs> and her, and... And this is, like, irrelevant. Like, this is, like, going on in the background. But yeah. I took it upon myself to write it's, down every yeah. single word in this beautiful and masterful poem. Yeah, and it's, like, mind you, it's, like, isn't it, like, the first scene that we see? It's, like, it's the, like first the first scene, scene that we see these characters in. <laughs> this is the introduction to the characters. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, what? I, w- I was gonna say what it's about, but I think we can decide, we can, I think we can analyze this poem after I read it. Come, my foe juggernauts, my nefarious loins slather every protuberance with arid zeal, agony, and then somebody in the background plays some drums, like a drum roll, he says, agony, torment, and then he says either milked or enveloped, like tiny crocus petals whisper death, rain drowns the earth, shivering breezes weave through a morbid tapestry of festering disease, turgid is my torment, rain drowns the earth. Shivering breezes weave through a morbid tapestry of festering disease. <laughs> Turgid is my torment. So, you know, like, there's some things there, like, the repetition at the end. You know, there's, like, by the way, like, this is actually what I'm going to analyze for my senior thesis. Yeah. Um. So I will be graduating college based yes. on this masterful piece of literature. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Simon's friend. Thank you, Simon's friend. For reading friend. this at a coffee shop. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's really masterful, but... <clears throat> You know, I think, like, as far as we can tell, it's just about how he, his, like, his dick is just really dry. (laughs) So, we see, we hear mentions of loins in the second line. You know, his nefarious loins. But then, they slather every protuberance with arid zeal. And I think that we can deduce from the word arid... great condition no and he says wait where's the part he says that he has like a disease or something it says um shivering breezes weave through a morbid tapestry of festering disease festering disease Disease. so we say like his loins yeah his loins are a festering tapestry of disease and arid zeal (laughs) and as he says agony agony torment so true so true thank you so much itching and burning beautiful poem that um you know has really just revolutionized the way i think about the written word truly (laughs) the written word (laughs) yeah um then basically the entire half of the movie happened yeah and to be honest it was fucking boring yeah so basically she's like oh my mom was a magic person Mm -hmm. and i'm a magic person Mm mm-hmm and her memories contain, like, a map for this cup. And everybody's like, I want the cup. I want the cup. <laughs> I want the cup. Give me the cup. And so then they keep trying to, like, kidnap her and stuff. Um, that's, like, the entire half of the movie. Yeah. Except for there's a love interest. <laughs> wow. There's two love interests. It's two. a love triangle. Mm-hmm. Technically. So one's the guy whose friend was reading the poem. Yeah. And one's this guy named Jace. Yeah. Who's, like... He's supposed like, to be cool. He's supposed to be cool and like sexy. Like but he's, he's supposed scary. to be like he's a not. bad boy, you know? 
He kind of looks like a skeleton. Yeah. Like, his eyes are just, like, really hollow and don't have life within them. Yeah. His cheekbones are too high. I don't He's know. He's also, yeah, he he was in uh, Stranger Things. He yes. was, like, one in Stranger Things. So, picture that. Yeah. And he... <laughs> So he's like emo, you know? He's like the tortured soul, you know? He's yeah. the he's like the bad boy love interest in the love triangle. So basically, Clary, the main character, she walks into this like magnificent library because there's like this like base of the Shadow Hunters and it's like this like giant like cathedral thing. It's really like dark academia. Mm-hmm. So she walks So dark academia. So dark academia. So she like she walks into this room <laughs> and like Jace is playing the piano. He's like playing and then he gets frustrated, he's like <laughs> and he, like, you know, like, keyboard. Slams the keys. Yeah, yeah. Slams the keys. And she's like, what's wrong? And he's like, I was playing with too much emotion. And she's like, but Jace, music is supposed, supposed to have, have emotion. emotion. And he's like, not this music. <laughs> <laughs> this music is different. He's like, this music is a mathematical formula written by my book to repel demons. And as he is saying this, the camera plans to, like, to, like, Lily Collins, like, the main character, Clary, and Jace, the lemon, just who are, like, fucking each other with their eyes. Yeah. And then it just pans up, and there's this fucking huge portrait of Bach. Behind them. Right behind them. It's not even, like, on a wall behind them. There was a bookcase, and it literally is just, like, attached to the bookcase. It looks like they just, like, taped it on. Yeah. Like, they're like, yeah, here's the portrait of Bach, and they just pan up to it. And then they keep talking about Bach. Yeah. <laughs> and Jace's Jace is informed Clary. He's like, Bach was a shadow hunter and he wrote songs to repel demons. And yeah. she's like, that's so deep. And then <laughs> they zoom in on the portrait of Bach and you can see that he had shadow hunter marks on his double chin and on like the like bottom collar. Yeah. yeah. By his hand, like mm-hmm. on his collar. Yeah. Like all his exposed skin because shadow hunter is basically like mark their skin with these, like, runes. Runes that are, like, they look like tattoos, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're just, like, these symbols <laughs> that give them powers. So Bach is tatted up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So hip. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so, like, they literally, it, like, it was painted on so, like, no, sloppily. it was so bad. Because they use, like, the really famous picture of Bach. Like, we'll post it to our Instagram. Like, it's a very <laughs> famous p- picture that, like, most people are familiar with. Yeah. And then they just, like, added some, like, runes really quick. They were like, yeah, we'll just, like, stamp this little feather tattoo on really quick. (laughs) That makes sense. Uh And it's so funny because Rebecca told me that (laughs) it's not even in the book. Okay, this scene lasts longer than most scenes in this movie have. So this movie... it's the longest scene in this this entire movie. This movie is, like, incredibly fast-paced. Too fast-paced. Too fast-paced. Like, much too fast-paced. Like, they go from scene to scene to scene to scene. They don't explain anything. Yeah. The dialogue delivery, like, they don't give any, like, space for emotion. Like, it feels like it's being sped up. Yeah. And then there's just this scene about Bach. And this scene <laughs> it's is, like, luxuriant. You know? They're not speeding up the dialogue. Yeah. You know, they're explaining everything. They're yes. adding unnecessary, <laughs> dumb dialogue. Like, this is a long scene. It's, like, the longest scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's not in the book. And it's completely <laughs> irrelevant. Like, I don't think this is ever going to come up again in the rest of the movie. Like, the way they're setting this up, they're really making you think that somehow they're going to, like, defeat the baddies using the power of Bach. <laughs> Bach. And I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Like, I truly do not believe that Bach will come up 
in the entire rest of this movie. Yeah. And yet they spent this long-ass scene just making shit up about him. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. Such a, such a film-making decision. Yeah. Not to mention that the scene ends with her just abruptly being like, okay, and then glancing over to his corner where he has this giant, like, I don't know, door it's, thing. Yeah, it's like a round door with, like, a giant jewel in the middle of it. Yeah, and she's like, is that where you keep your toys? <laughs> she's, like, saying in a sexy voice, and she's, like, you know, making eyes at him. She's like, is that where you keep your toys? And he's like, even better. <laughs> Okay, and then there's should we? Yeah, yeah. We talk the about greenhouse it. scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How do they even end up in there? Well, then he's like, after he shows her the portal. Yeah. He's like, but anyways, we have a birthday to celebrate. And she's like, how do you know? You've known me for like two fucking seconds. Yeah, like, literally to one whole day. This movie has happened in one day. Yeah. She's met this man earlier this morning yeah it's literally insane she's adapting to this so well like she's done so much she had this like whole entire vampire war like yeah so many things have happened like her mom like died, died <laughs> and like got kidnapped by these like evil guys with cocky accents and then like her mom's best friend who's like basically like co-parented her mm -hmm. has like be well she thought he betrayed her and mm -hmm. like so many things have happened. She, like, visited this, like, secret underground city with, like, these, like, scary monks. Yeah. Like, she went to this party about it, like, with this warlock in it to, like, retrieve her memories. Like, so many things have happened. Yeah, so many and things have happened. And it's all in one day. It's so much. And we were talking about it in Rebecca's, like, I would be on the floor at this point. Like, I would just be, like, <laughs> passed out. I would be so fucking tired. Like, okay, I'm kind of infamous for sleeping in odd places. Infamous among myself and also Julia. <laughs> and I frequently sleep on the floor of public areas. <laughs> like in our dorm. Like I'll like go to like a common room and just like lie down on the floor and sleep. Yeah. And sometimes like the, like, the lady who cleans our dorm like comes in and she's like concerned about me. Yeah. Because I'm just like lying face down on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I really truly, can't sleep anywhere. <laughs> it's truly magnificent. So, um, anyways, so yeah, I would be on the floor. But like she's she's surviving. She's upright. I'm proud of her. So they celebrate her birthday. He gives her a fucking apple. Yeah, he gives her with half like, a <laughs> he gives her half an apple with a birthday candle stuck in it. And she's like, wow. <laughs> and he's like, I knew this about you because I was researching you. Yeah, because when she was like, oh, like how do you know it's my birthday? He's like, when I was trying to find you, I found your birthday. <laughs> and you're like. Excuse what? me, we have had no indication that you were stalking this woman prior yeah. to this point, and you're just casually dropping this information in, like, oh, what's supposed to wait, be a romantic scene. What if it's, like, before he found her? Like, when she was at the club? He saw her at the yeah. club, and yeah, then and he then just, he, like, Googled her? Yeah, that's true. Maybe. But, no, you can't off Google someone look, off of, so. yeah, what they look like. Whatever. <laughs> I feel like this must have involved some sketchy activity. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyways. You know what? She thinks he's hot, so yeah, it's fine. It's right. So anyways, he gives her an apple, and they're, like, literally, <laughs> like, one millimeter away from, like, kissing. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wait, you should describe it. I should describe the music in the park. Okay, so basically they're having this really romantic, like, moment. He gives her the candle. They've been having this, like, deep discussion about Bach. 
and portals. Yeah. <laughs> so deep. So, so deep. romantic. You know, they've really been connecting on, like, a deeper level. And so they, like, go into this greenhouse, like, for her birthday when he gives her the apple. And then, like, it's, oh like, God. midnight. Wait, the fucking rock. Yeah, okay, okay, but that was after. Okay, 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 that was okay. After the yeah, movie I'm like, flowers. yeah, okay. There's so many things that have happened in the last ten minutes of the movie. Like, this movie was, like, pretty boring and, like, we didn't have a lot to talk about, literally. Yeah. Until, like, ten minutes before the halfway mark. Yeah. Like, this has happened so quickly. We're yeah. still processing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, but basically, it, like, strikes midnight. And he's yeah. like, I'm gonna show you something. <laughs> and he takes her, and there's, like, all these flowers, and they're, like, lotus flowers, kind of, and they're, like, flying. They're, like, floating and glowing. And, like, oh, on midnight, they, yeah. like, open. And then, like... Like in Tinkerbell. Like, in Tinkerbell. And, like... There's this music playing, and it's clearly not coming from the flowers. Like, it's just, like, music in the movie. <laughs> and it's but so it's the bad. Most, it's the most, like, dramatic. Like, it literally, like, I said this is, like, Tinkerbell because it is literally a song that would be in Tinkerbell, and the flowers would be in Tinkerbell. Like, yeah. the combination of, like, the flowers opening their, like, petals at midnight and, like, this crazy dramatic song. It, oh. I literally cannot even explain how much it is giving Tinkerbell. <laughs> like, it is literally just, like, they took a snippet from a Tinkerbell movie, and somehow like, transformed perfect. it into live action and just plopped it into this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is truly something. It's like, you know what? It's like they tried to do something, like... You know, the ending light scene out of Rapunzel? They try yeah. to do that, but it's, like, really underwhelming. <laughs> and forced. Like, they try to do so many cliches. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. So, they're, like, on these stairs, right? Yeah, so then they, like, so then after the things, the flowers open, they, like, go and, like, she's, like, sitting on some stairs and he's sort of, like, standing at the bottom of them. Yeah. And they're, like, talking. They're, like, oh, wow. He, like, gives her this rock? And it's glowing. And he's like, what does he say? I feel like. I don't know. He's like, here's a present. Happy birthday. He's like, he's oh, like, happy birthday. He's like, everyone deserves a present on their birthday. Yeah. And and she's like, you know when a girl says she wants a big rock, she doesn't literally mean it. And like, it's like, like, she doesn't what? literally mean she wants a big rock. And it's like, like what, what is going on? Saying? I have never, ever heard someone be like, I want a big rock. Like, the only thing I could think of was it's a euphemism. Yeah. But that's not a real euphemism. Yeah. Like, I cannot emphasize this enough. It's not No real. one says anything about big <laughs> rocks. Yeah. It's like, what does she mean by that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, um, Jace kind of just brushed past this. He was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was like, what, like, what did you get for your birthday? Like, as a kid. Oh. God. And he was like, oh, mostly weapons, because they're, like, wa- they're like warriors, you know? So, like, he was like, yeah, like, mostly weapons. She's like, yeah, that makes sense. You're, like, a warrior society. And then he's like, but for my ninth birthday, he, like, shares this, like, deep trauma, you know, because he's very troubled and emo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's so troubled. What the? Oh, he's like, for my ninth birthday, I got a bird. Yeah, his dad gave him a... His, his dad, dad gave, gave him a falcon. A falcon. He's like, for my ninth birthday, my dad gave me a falcon, but... He told me to learn how to control it, but instead, I taught it to love me, and I cared for it so deeply that it was the most tamest bird I've ever known. And then, he was like, and then I showed it to my father, and he said, this bird, he's like, I told you to make the bird obedient, and then, Dad, you have taught it to love you, you have broken it. And then he snaps the bird's neck. (laughs) 
Which like, is so cliched. I know. It's so, everything about it is Like, so it's cliched. always like, yeah, it's like, oh, he, has, of course he has trauma surrounding his dad. Yeah. Of course his dad was, like, emotionally abusive. Of course. Of course his dad fucking was emotionally abusing him by killing a pet. This is, always happens. Yes. This is, like, the most cliched, cliche shit of all time. Cliches. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Anyways, so after that, they're like, anyways, let's move on to kissing. Yeah. Um, they're like, yeah, they're like about to kiss. Like, yeah. they haven't kissed yet. Mm-hmm. You know? But, but they're... <laughs> Rebecca's moving her hands closer. They're they're getting closer and closer, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then they're about to kiss, and it's like a fake out because they're like, "Oh, we're being watched." And there's this fucking raven that's just like in the corner that's looking at them. And so they go down the stairs, and she does the worst fake fall I've ever seen in my entire life. And she's like, "Oh!" And she like runs into him. <laughs> they just start kissing, and they're the so music- long for so long. They're, like, eating each other's faces, and, like, the rain starts pouring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sprinkler system turns on, so it's raining, and the music is just going loud and loud. It's the same Tinkerbell song. It's been the same Tinkerbell song, underlying all these, like, conversations about, like, drama and, like, yeah. all these things. Yeah. The big rock. Like, this has all had the Tinkerbell music underneath it. And then it gets, it gets like, super loud, and it's like, ah! And they're, like, they're, like, making out for so long. For right. so long. Right. Okay. And then... It cuts to the other love interest in his bed. He's, like, injured because, like, he got turned into a vampire. Like, I don't know. It was very traumatic. He was, like, hung from the ceiling. Yeah. And he's, like, injured. (laughs) When he's, like, struggling to get out of bed, this inspirational music is playing. And he's, like, hobbling out of bed. He knocks over her notebook that she's drawn in. And it's, like, a shirtless photo of Jace. Of Jace, the other love interest. Yeah. So he's, like, devastated. Yeah, and he's just, like, looking at it, and he's, like, crippled, and he's, like, yeah. He's just, like, extra sad with this, like, Tinkerbell music playing in the Uh background. And he, like, hobbles to his door, and then, like, Jace and, like, Clary have, like, gone downstairs from, like, the greenhouse now because it was, like, raining because of the sprinkler system, Uh and they're, like, they're, like, kissing still. They're still kissing in front of of his door. Right Right outside of his door. Like, his door is literally, like, a few inches away from them. They are right in front of his door. Yeah, and they're just, like, making out, like, a little bit less aggressively, but they're still kissing. They're, like, kissing. And yeah. he opens the door, and they're like, <gasps> Clary was like, oh, uh-huh. like, I hope we didn't wake you up. And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I was asleep. Like, he was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, we didn't she, know. We, we, oh, we, we thought we, you were asleep. And he was like, I was asleep. And so then my headcanon is that that loud Tinkerbell music is just from, like, their phone or something. They were, like, blasting it in the Arboretum. And he's, like, woken up by, like, this inspirational music. And, like, like what the fuck is like, this? What the fuck is this? He hobbles out of bed. He's like, I must investigate. And then his crush is just kissing this other guy. Yeah. She drew shirtless, like, a few minutes ago, right outside his door, this horrible inspirational music. Yeah. And it's, like, extra devastating because you can tell that in the beginning of the movie, he, like, says, I'm saving myself for somebody. And it's, like, very clear that he likes her, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's, like, the best friend, right? So yeah, he's and he's, her. like, normal. He's not in yeah. this society. He's, like, a normal person. Yeah. So, like, it's extra devastating because she's literally known this dude for one day. For one she's, day. She's literally known the other love interest, like, the one who, like, loses, I guess, like, her entire life. They've yeah. been best friends for life. Literally, at one point, she's, like, I've only ever had you. 
my mom and like my mom's best friend like she's like those are the only people I love in my life yeah and she knows this other guy for one day yeah and immediately they are making out yeah immediately immediately so he's like wow okay yeah okay that's good though uh, we're gonna watch the rest of the movie I'm really excited yeah we actually had to leave some stuff out from like the other half so we might like go back a little bit yeah. In the next section. Yeah. Because uh, this movie is just really fucking iconic and more people should watch it. It's so iconic. Like, it's mm-hmm. so bad. Like, the editing is yeah. so bad. The editing is so choppy. We need to talk about, like, the editing and yeah. the dialogue. The bomb scene was so funny. Okay, we'll just talk about it. There's just, like, a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about it next time. Yeah. So, we're going to pick this up tomorrow. Yeah. Obviously not tomorrow for you, but tomorrow for us. Okay. Okay, we finished the movie. Yay! We finished the movie. Yay! It, okay, to be honest, the best part was kind of the part that we, like, had just finished um, yeah. last time we recorded. But it was it, a highlight. Yeah, it kind of continued a little bit after <laughs> we paused it yesterday. So, after the whole, like, confrontation where Simon's, like, you thought I was asleep? I was. And then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was asleep. I was asleep. Until you rudely woke me up by your kissing, kissing. in the Arboretum. Yeah. Then, like, the scene kind of continues. and Oh, it continues. It continues. And, like, basically, Jace is just, like, a complete drama queen. Well, Simon is, too. Yeah, but they're so dramatic. They're so dramatic. Jace is like, you should have told me you had another man in your bed. (laughs) (laughs) Which he literally didn't even. Yeah, I think he was sleeping in Clary's bed because I don't know, they're friends, and he was, like, six. So I was like, okay. Yeah, that was it. That was it. And then Simon's like, I th- you were about to sleep with this guy? I thought you were better than that. And it's like, what? Yeah. Literally, he's like, I'm assuming? in love with you. So yeah. you're bad for sleeping with this other guy because I love you. And it's like, yeah. you literally never told her that yeah. prior to this moment. Yeah. And also, she's not in love with you. Exactly. So she can sleep with whoever she wants. So true. But they don't sleep together. So they sad. Don't. And then, so then they're just being pissy, and then Clary's like, it was like just a kiss, because she's trying to like calm Simon down, and she's like mad that they're arguing over her. And so she's like, it was just a kiss. Uh-huh. And then Jay says, how swiftly, swiftly you dismiss, dismiss our love. love. <laughs> it's so dramatic. It's so dramatic. And with this British accent, it mm-hmm. literally sounds so fancy. It's like, oh. Yeah. So old-timey. he just, like, is really dramatic. And I honestly feel like it's moments like these, and I'm like, I can see Book J shining through. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, because most of the time I'm like, what the fuck, this guy's so stupid. But then occasionally he'll just say the most, like, drama queen thing ever, and it'll just be so dramatic. I'm like, yeah, that's the Jace I know. That's the Jace I know. <laughs> yeah. So true. Mm-hmm. So the best part about this movie is this <laughs> the stupid love triangle. Yeah. Because literally after that, it was so hard to pay attention to it because it was just action after action after action with, like, no ex- explanation at all. There's this random, like, character who's, like, the head of the institution that the shadow hunters are at. And, like, he's, like, supposed to betray them, but, like, we didn't even see, like, any of his character before. So it's, like, okay. Like, I don't really understand. <laughs> yeah. Like, it has, like, no emotional impact. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's just, like, a bunch of action of them trying to, like, hide the cup. Oh, and there's also incest. Yeah, okay, so basically, <laughs> it's not, like, real incest, but yeah. you would implied. never know that by watching this movie. Literally, you would never know that, and that's what's hilarious. Yeah, no, because basically, like, at the end of the first Shadow Hunter book <laughs> and at the end of this movie, <laughs> Clary and Jace end up thinking that they are siblings and both the children of the evil guy, Valentine. Uh-huh. 
this is not true. However, <laughs> they do not find this out that this is not true until the third book. Yeah. So at the end of this book, it really <laughs> just seems like they committed incest. Yeah. And then they're like they're like horrified and like heartbroken, you know. But yeah. like, like they're still the kind of flirting. Yeah. And then they're like at the end, they're like, I feel in my heart that we're not actually siblings. Like it can't be true because I just feel it in my heart. And then that's. All they say, and then they ride off on the motorcycle into the sunset together, and it's like, mm-hmm. so you just gaslit yourself out of incest, basically. Yeah. Slay. Like, the fact that they never made any more movies just, like, made that <laughs> moment so interesting. Yep. So very interesting. So very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So after, I think we were, before we were talking about sort of, like, they sort of had this fight with some vampires earlier. Yeah. And as they were escaping, it literally did the thing where one of them, like, <laughs> fell over. Clary fell right on top of Jace. Yeah. And they were, like, you know, gazing at each other with love. It was crazy because, like, is this, like, intense scene where they're, like, fighting hundreds of vampires and they're, like, running away from them and they're, like, running up this ladder and they're, like, panting and they're, like, out of breath. And then immediately, like, the music just switches to this, like, romantic, dramatic music. It's, like, a slow-mo and it's, like... <laughs> so cliche yeah but it's so funny the way they tried to mix like romance and action is so abrupt some, yeah it often led to some really like abrupt changes in music and tone that like yeah. came out of nowhere yeah and you're like all right all right <laughs> there was yeah to be honest i think if there was less action maybe it would have been better or if they just focused on like a shorter span of time because I feel like they just had too much to do mm-hmm. or if they just cut the action scenes shorter like the action scenes were so long yeah it was like unconfusing I swear to god at least a third at least a third of this movie was action sequences I think it's like half yeah probably closer to half yeah and most of them were the same action sequences like I think there were only like two real action sequences in the whole movie or three yeah and they, they took up half on. the movie. Yeah. And so, like, Julia ended up, like, really confused. Like, I... Cause <laughs> I was like, I'm... what is going on? <laughs> like, what is going on? Yeah, like, I could follow the plot because I'd read the books, but if I hadn't read the books, I would be so lost because they didn't provide any explanation. Yeah. They never really introduced most of the characters. They were yes. kind of just there. They were so just there. And then they sort of tried to retcon them into the plot, like, at the very end. So that was a thing. The editing... We sort of, like, started talking about that in the last section, but I think the most bizarre part of this entire movie was just, like, editing choices. Where yeah. <laughs> there would often be an action... So, okay, the worst yeah. the worst that I can think of is an action sequence. They would splice uh-huh. clips of an action sequence in with scenes of a conversation. Yes. So, they would go back and forth between this really intense action sequence and then, like, just people talking. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> so, in the beginning... She's, like, talking to Jace for the first time. She's, like, mildly, like, freaking out. But, like, she's literally just having a conversation. So she's, like, calm and stuff. And then it's, like, interspersed with her mom literally being thrown against the wall by this, like, Hulk-like guy. The entire house is getting ripped apart. She's, like, fending for her life. She's, like, dying. And then it's, like, back to her. And she's, like, talking to Jace. And Jace is, like saying stupid stuff like oh you have a boyfriend and she's like i do not have a boyfriend like i almost think it was like a tool to cover up like bad dialogue or something yeah because if like the action sequence within this conversation like being spliced with it 
made the conversation seem a lot more intense yeah. than the actual dialogue conveyed. And so I think they were like, oh, we want this to be, like, a really, like, intense conversation. But, like, the actual dialogue was basically <laughs> Jace telling Clary that, like, demons were real and magic was real and she was magic. And she was like, mm, okay. And, like, that was basically, like, the dialogue. So I feel like the reason they put the action sequence in is because they didn't want you to pay attention to, like, the bizarro, like, weird reactions of Clary to, like, this information. Yeah, yeah. Like, it sort of, like, added some intensity to this conversation that, like, naturally had no intensity. Yeah. I think the th- what they did with the dialogue throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Because none of the dialogue made sense, actually. No. Like, none of it made no. sense. No. Like, like, it would be crazy if people responded to words the way that these characters respond to words it felt like every single sentence that they said was like and now we will move the plot forward in this weird direction that nobody would have predicted they did it again too or at the very end there was like these two action sequences yeah there were two or three action sequences that they were switching between yeah and they all went on (laughs) like they they were all about three times longer than they should have been yes and, and they were three times confusing than they should have been. Yes. And, like, they just would put them together so you never really knew what exactly was happening in which fight. And, like... Yeah. The fighting was filmed really badly. Like, <laughs> like it didn't seem, like, choreographed at all. Or, like, it didn't, yeah. like, convey character. And it didn't really... It didn't really connect with the characters' motivations, right? Like, ostensibly, a fight should be characters trying to get what they want right like yeah. the fight should happen for a reason some of yeah. these fights i was like why are these people fighting right that's now? so true like it made no sense like jace fights his father and his father's like how far do you want to take this his fake father his fake father his fake incest father his fake incest father <laughs> they were having a fight they were having a fake incest fight <laughs> and his fake incest father decides that he wants to like kill him for no reason at all like his main motivation is to get this like fancy cup and jace doesn't have it and he literally just told jace that he was his son yeah and he's like oh i'm gonna fight you now yeah and like so there's no explanation for why this fight happens like valentine is literally just trying to kill jace for absolutely no reason and i get it like he's the bad guy but like their dynamic Maybe, like, this is part of why they couldn't make sequels, because I feel like a lot of the ways they set up the conflicts in this movie worked within the confines of the movie, but would kind of fuck things up <laughs> later down the series. Yeah. Because one of, like, the huge themes of this book is that Jace is, like, very easily drawn to the dark side, mm-hmm. and in addition to that, like, Valentine really, like, cares for him. Like, he's, yeah. like, abusive and he's horrible, but, like... He really loves Jace, and this is, like, kind of, like, a continuing source of conflict where, like, Jace, like, also feels affection for him because Valentine did actually raise him. So, they're not biologically related, which is why it's not incest, but Valentine raised Jace in the book, which they never really explained in the movie. Like, there was one scene where they kind (laughs) of tried to suggest that, but they never really explained, like, how that happened or why. And... And the way that, um, Valentine convinces him that he's, like really his son is he takes his ring and it's like a a w and he's like yeah jace thinks his last name is wayland yeah he thinks his last name is wayland so he's like look at my w ring and he's like no and he takes the ring off and he turns it upside down and he's like 
you're a ma. Morgenstern. You're a Morgenstern. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, <laughs> just, I don't think you turning somebody's ring upside down is proof that you're their biological father, actually. Yeah. I don't actually think that's how paternity works. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know that when you're born, you're given a ring? And, and it has the last name of your initials last name in it. And yeah, you could actually just, you know, maybe be anyone with that, with the last name that, yep, that, that is on the ring. Okay, we're cutting this out. That made no sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought we just came up. Okay. Yeah. Ooga booga. Ooga booga. I think our time is up. No, we have six more minutes, Julia. Oh, slay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the the bubble. Okay. So, while, um, like, the bad guy, Valentine, is trying to kill Jace, yeah. they're, like, they're, like, fighting to the death as we've mentioned, for no reason. For absolutely no reason. <laughs> they're, they're just, like, fighting with swords. It's, like, really fast-paced. And then, like, at one point, like, Valentine has, like, Jace pinned with, like, a sword against his neck. And he's like, I'm gonna kill you. And and then Jace <laughs> takes, like, reaches into the portal. So I'm not uh-huh. sure if we mentioned this before, but, like, you can kind of, like, get some of the portal out and it, like, makes yeah, a bubble in the cause, air. Because the portal's, like, made of water, basically. Yeah. And or water-like fluid. Yeah. So if you reach in... And you, like, reach it out. There's, like, a bubble of portal. Yeah. And so, literally, Jace just, gra- like, reaches over, grabs him with the portal, takes it out. And it's just a bubble. And they just look at a- the bubble for a moment. <laughs> like, for, like, 30 seconds, they just look at this bubble. And then, like, Valentine gets distracted. And, like, Jace, like, <laughs> is able to fight him off. And it's like, are it's you kidding me? So is this man, like, a toddler? Yeah. Like, who like, gets distracted <laughs> by a bubble? He's like, he must not have a great amount of brain cells. So it basically just doesn't make any sense. But yeah, other than that, like, there's just not a lot that happened that was very interesting because yeah. so much of this movie was taken up by action. Yeah, it was just action, man. And it was, man. like, severely to the detriment action of the movie. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, they could have had so much more room to develop character dynamics and, like, explain plot mm-hmm. details and, like, just sort of set this movie up so it would, like, make sense. And yeah. they just took all that space up with um, very, very long, boring action sequences. Also, like, it kind of annoyed me. Like, it was, like, the girl in Wendell and Wild where, like, they were talking about her power and stuff and it was, like, kind of rushed. I feel like her power is also kind of rushed. Valentine at the end is like, oh, you have so much power. And literally all she can do is she, like, reaches into paper and, like, if it's a drawing, she can get the image she can put physical objects inside and out of drawings. So exactly. So she can, like, set a physical object inside yeah. of paper and it turns into a drawing and she can reach in and take it out and it turns physical. Yes. Um. And so that's, like, her main power that we see and that's, like, pretty well developed. But she also has the power to, like, draw new runes. Shadowhunters, like, use runes to get powers and they have, like, a, like, they have a book that's, like, all the runes that have been invented. And Clary, like, invents new runes that work but aren't in the book. Yeah. And so that was really rushed because she just uses it, like, once. So, yeah. In the (laughs) book, like, this is just, like, a very small detail. Like, I'm confounded by, like, the choice that the director made because, or maybe the writer, I don't know, somebody made some very bad choices. Because in the book, like, one of, like, the main ways that they develop her rune power, which is actually just her power, is that like, the physical objects going in and out of paper is done with a rune. 
So yeah. all along, it was just her having rune powers. Yeah. So then it made sense when she had other rune powers. And then they made, they never connected runes to the drawing power. Yeah. Which was very confusing because then there was not really a precedence for her rune power when she just started using it in the middle <laughs> yeah. of a fight scene. Yeah. You know? Was, <laughs> yeah. It was just, like, bizarre. And... and there were, like, a lot of, like, important, like, character and world-building details that never really got explained or even happened at all so i mean i mean obviously like this movie failed which is definitely why they didn't make a sequel (laughs) yeah i've seen like they've made a show from this ip and it's very successful and it is a lot worse than this movie like this movie was so good compared to the show oh really yes (laughs) (laughs) and so i'm like i feel like it would have been like, I feel like they would have been more successful if they'd, like, made more movies and invested more money into them. Yeah. And really made sure they were sure they were good. But this movie was, n- it was simply not set up for sequels. Like, they didn't, like, establish important details about the world building, and they didn't really establish character relationships mm-hmm. or even character traits or, like, anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, it, they really couldn't have made, like, more movies based on this because... They would have had to do, like, all the heavy lifting in those movies. They they really were only able to, like, give, like, details as soon as they were necessary. Um, whereas, usually in good writing, you scatter, like, important details throughout the book. So then later, mm-hmm. when they become relevant, it makes mm-hmm. sense. Exactly. And these people would just, like, jam in information right before it right became before. relevant. Right before. Yeah. Or just, like, casually in dialogue when it didn't make sense at all. Yeah. Okay, let's do our reviews now. Yeah. Um, in conclusion, the movie is infinitely worse than the books and <laughs> near infinitely better than the show. <laughs> um, I give it seven and a half out of ten runes. Ooh. Okay. I give it six out of ten tarot cards. Yeah. So, that's that. I guess my reasoning behind this is that, like, it was very fun. It had some, like, really iconic moments. There was such an iconic wave in the middle. Like, we were so hooked into it. But Mm -hmm. the ending did not really pull through. Yeah. The way I wanted to. I think this movie had a lot of potential. They had great, like, casting. Like, the actors, maybe the acting wasn't great, but the actors were great. (laughs) The acting (laughs) was so atrocious, too. It was giving Twilight, and that they hired so good Twilight. actors who were not acting well. Yeah. Uh, Clary, like, I feel like half of her acting was just her, like, looking shocked, like, with her mouth quivering. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, I feel like I didn't really get to connect with her as a character because I'm just like, all you do is look, walk around and, and look scared. To be honest, I don't like her very much as a character. She's kind of boring, but, like... yeah. I don't know. They did not do very much to help her out. Like, yeah. she, like I could not, based on this movie, I could not name a single character trait that she has. Yeah. Like, not one. Yeah. Brave? But it's hard to say brave because, like, she's she loves forced her mom. to do it. Yeah, yeah that's she lo- it. She loves her mom. <laughs> it's her character trait. <laughs> she loves her mom and she can fall in love with a guy in a day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right um that's that that's, that's that. the mortal instruments city of bones Woo! what a great movie yay and yes. now we will do the challenge time for the challenge
Time for the challenge. Okay. Who's going to share another anime? For this challenge, I'm going to talk about Hunter x Hunter. It is less lore heavy than Death Note, so that's good. Yeah, I believed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there's less backstory. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, there's this boy named Gon, and he's 12 years old. Okay, slay. Um, he's just like a guy, okay. And, um, basically, he, (laughs) his dad, like, left when he was a baby. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's, like, his thing. (laughs) Nice. What a good character trait. (laughs) What a good personality to have. (laughs) No, um, okay, so his, his dad left him when he was young in order to become a hunter and so he literally is just wants to be a hunter so that he can see like what what's the hype about yeah it's like kind of oh sad and that is really depressing it's like really depressing it's like, is this good enough to leave your child yeah. over no exactly That's he's so like, sad no but he's like he's kind of dumb i feel like so he like thinks it's like really cool and he's like he's like I want to, it must have been so cool because my dad does it. And it's like, aww. That's so sad. Um, yeah, so they're very similar. So his dad took the hunter exam when he was 12. So he's like, that's when mm-hmm. I want to do it. Yeah. So he turns wait, wait, 12. Wait, 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 Yeah. He left his son to be a hunter, but he was a hunter when he was 12. Oh, he was already a hunter. Oh, and, and then he's like, he I'm had a kid, more of a hunter. But he still oh. is, yeah, it's like a career kind of. So yeah. he, yeah, he left his son see, so that he could pursue his hunter career. I see. Basically. That's fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. The whole, basically, the whole show is just him trying to find his dad. It's really, like, I don't know. When I, like, first started watching it and I was like, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't know. I was like. This is kind of sad, but it's actually, like, pretty good, you know? Okay, it's actually yeah. pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, you watched, what, 75 episodes? Yeah! <laughs> 75 episodes! And, yeah, I don't know. It's really addicting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, um, I don't know. He, like, lives with his aunt because also, like, he doesn't know where his mom is, but he's like, mm-hmm. it's fine. My aunt's like my mom, so. Okay. Yeah. It's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> um, And then... She, like his aunt's like oh you have to catch this big fish in order to take the hunter exam because <laughs> it's like the hardest fish to catch in the entire oh, village so she doesn't want him to be it. a hunter yeah yeah but she like he has to be like good enough at fishing to catch this whale or not whale it's like a whale like fish oh whoa it's, yeah mm-hmm. yeah he lives on whale island so he has to oh, catch nice. fish. and then he catches a fish and he goes and he starts his hunter exam um at 12 years old so, basically, what the hunter exam is, it's kind of, like, bizarre, but it's, like, this really difficult exam um, <laughs> where you become a hunter, which is, like, if you have a hunter license in this world, it's, like, you can easily, like, get jobs that are, like, I don't know, like, being an assassin or being a bodyguard. Oh, my God. Or, like... <laughs> Well, you can choose violence, or, like, you could do, like, other stuff, too. Like, you could, 
I don't know, like, hunters usually have unique skills. So, like, if you have, like, a really good, like, nose or something, I don't know, you could become, like, a pro chef or something. I don't know. But you get, like, a lot of money with it, too. So, some people just do it for the money. Um, and then, yeah, so he goes to the hunter <laughs> exam. You can also die in this exam, so it's dangerous. Wait, so, like, a hunter, like, hunting animals? Like, or is that just, like, a metaphor? Oh, no. It's not like you hunt animals. It's, like, I think the typical job of being a hunter is, like, it's, like, kind of tracking other people down, basically. Okay, so yeah. it's, like, hunting people. Okay. It's, like, becoming a good fighter. I see. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. And McCon's like, yeah, I want to do this exam. Um, so he goes out and basically, like, he takes this boat um, to the, I don't know how he figures it out, but it's, like, it's a boat that goes to the hunter exam site. Um, and he meets these characters. So one of them's Karapika, and he's part of the Kurta clan, which is this, like, clan with like red eyes and like they're like rare so um these people this like gang called the phantom Mm -hmm. troop like killed all of his clan members and so he's like i gotta kill the phantom troop and so he's like training to be a hunter um and then there's this guy leorio low i don't know really how to pronounce his name but (laughs) he's just a guy like he's (laughs) just a guy and he's like i want to do it for the money. <laughs> he's like, how old is he? He's old. He literally looks old. That's his thing. He looks old, but he's like 18. Okay, wow. And he's like, um, he just, but it turns out he wants to be a doctor. So he like, oh, okay. is nice. getting money for med school. Mm-hmm. So random. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Yeah. So they like meet on a boat together. Um, and the boat's like kind of a test too. But I don't know. There's like a bunch of tests to actually get to the exam site and then so they get there and it's like underground and it's in like this tunnel that's like blocked off mm-hmm. and um that's where they meet like all the rest of the contestants so there's this guy um named tompa and he's like known as the rookie killer he just oh. takes the exam like every year just to like mess with the rookies because he's like really, oh my god he's just like stupid i don't know it's kind of iconic though it's like iconic he's taking it like 32 times um so in this phase what does he attempt he a, either a he tells them that they'll be disqualified if they're carrying weapons so that like in the and they exam, don't have weapons and they don't have weapons yeah b he forms and like a fake alliance with them so that he can betray them later on See, he gives them juice with laxatives so that they'll be dying the entire <laughs> exam. Like, they'll be shitting a lot. D, he hands out an- energy bars that make you sleepy so that they, like, fall asleep later on in the exam. Oh, are you so good at writing quizzes? Well, it's like, there's not a lot of backstory for this. But, um... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Alliance one is boring, so I don't want it to be that one. Okay. The laxative ones are so fucking random. It might be that one. Yeah. And then there's also, like, two that are either, like, food or drink. Mm-hmm. A is definitely, like, the smartest one. Mm-hmm. C. No, it is. But they're all, like, kind of buff. So, like... 
<laughs> so like they all uh-huh. like they're like, like I will resist the laxatives. Yeah, well, no, that's oh. that's actually like what one character does. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> he's like, okay, okay, okay. Um, so like, Gon is like, I don't know. He's like has weird like scent. He has like heightened senses. He's like a dog. I don't know. So he's okay. like, I could sense the laxative in it. He's like. He's like, oh, this must be expired. And he, like, dumps it out. And then, mm-hmm. like, his friends, Karapi and Leorio, Leo, um, also, like, dump it out. Mm-hmm. And then, um... And Wait, then, why would, yeah, why would you just drink random juice? You're like, I know. You're, like, meeting your competitors, and they're like, here's some juice. Yeah, and yeah. Like, they're like, cheers, <laughs> do you want some juice? And they're like, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they dump it out, and then... Another character is introduced um, called Killua, and he's, like, my favorite character because he's really cool. He's, like, the... He's from, like, a family of assassins, but he's just, like, really chill. He looks like a, like a toddler. Yeah, he's, like, really tiny. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, um... He just drinks the laxative, and he's, like, yeah. It doesn't, <laughs> ma- it doesn't matter. Slay. <laughs> yeah. Because he's, like, yeah, he's from a family of assassins, so, like, they basically, like, tortured him as a baby, like, as a child, because they're, like, training him to be an assassin, uh-huh. and so he can just, like, withstand poison. So he was, like, laxatives. Yeah. he was, like, yeah, this juice is really good, so. Slay. Yeah, including laxatives. So, um, that's, yeah, that's when they meet Killua, and then they also meet Hisoka, which he's basically, like, the evil character. <laughs> Oh my god, he's so cool. I know, right? What the fuck? He's he looks literally like, so fucking he cool. He has, like, Harley Quinn energy. I know. Like, he looks like Harley Quinn. He's kind of. so fucking cool. He's, like, the coolest character, in my opinion. Yeah, they're introduced to him, because literally somebody bumps into him, and then he turns them into flowers. Um, <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Nice. Wait, you can do magic? Yeah, so there's, like... There's, like, this whole system of, like... This, like, having, like, like centering your aura, like, unlocking your uh-huh. aura into uh-huh. these, like, different, like, stages. Yeah. Um, so he's, like, mastered it already. But oh, they don't nice. know that yet. They just think he can do, like, magic. Uh-huh. Basically, like, he, like, ta- he gets a lot of joy out of killing people. Mm-hmm. And so, but if people seem like they'll be a better fighter, he'll, like, wait to kill them. Mm-hmm. So basically the entire series is him just waiting to fight Gon because mm-hmm. he's, like, you could be a good fighter, yeah. so I'll wait to kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then the waiting is over. They're, like, waiting in the hall, right? Mm-hmm. And the wall opens, and basically the next phase of the exam is them just, like, following an exam practitioner down this mm-hmm. hall, because mm-hmm. it's, like, 60 miles or something. Oh, my fucking God. So they're, like, running after him mm-hmm. for, like, 60 miles, so, like, only the buff people can pass. Yeah. Um... So, like, in this phase, Gon meets Killua, and, um, why do they become friends? A, because they're both 12. B, because Killua does a cool skateboard dismount, and Gon thinks it's cool. C, because Killua is an expert at reading people, and Gon intrigues him because he's so honest. That's, like, a thing about Gon. He's just, like, really, I don't know, he's, like, really dumb. <laughs> um, he's, like, himbo. Uh, D, because... They are both fast and end up talking to each other as they run. So it would make sense if they're both 12, but I feel like 
That's, like, such, like, a small child reason to become friends with someone. Yeah. And, like, I feel like 12 is a little too old for that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, see? That just seems like villainous behavior. Yeah. When you're like, you intrigue me, you know? You I intrigue know. me. I want it to be B. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or dismount. He just, yeah. He, the thing is, like, they're all running and dying in this hall, and Pillow mm-hmm. just brought a skate skateboard, so uh-huh. he's just like, he's just riding a skateboard down the whole thing. Uh-huh. Like you're cheating, and Bond's <laughs> like, actually, like I don't think it's cheating. And Kilo does this cool like skateboard dismount. Whoa. He's like, oh, that's cool. And they're like, yeah, we're friends now, and they're just best friends for the rest of the series. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, it's actually really sweet. Um, okay, so. If we skip, like, a lot of phases, there's, like, a later phase where there's this giant tower, Mm -hmm. and basically, well, first of all, they they just have to, like, figure out how to get down it. Mm -hmm. It's, like, really tall, and, like, it's, like, like, it would be really difficult to go on the edge of it, because it's, like, I don't know, you probably die. Um, And so, they, like, go under these, like, plates in the floor in, like, groups, um, so, all the characters that I listed before basically go in. So, Killua, Gon, Kurapika, Leorio, and Tonpa, mm-hmm. who's, like, the rookie yeah. guy, um, they're in a group, um, and they're trying to get out of the tower, um, and then for their group challenge, they basically have to fight, like, criminals who, like, <laughs> have, like, really long life sentences, and the mm-hmm. criminal's motivation is that they'll have their life sentence diminished if they... Oh, nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. if they win. So that's, like, their motivation. And then mm-hmm. um, in one of the challenges, Leorio decides to barter time with this one girl. <laughs> he ends up losing 50 hours for them, um, which means that by the time they reach the end, they only have, like, 10 minutes left. Mm-hmm. One tunnel allows three people to go through, and it takes one minute. And the second tunnel allows everybody, but it takes an hour to travel through. What do they do to finish the challenge? A, Leorio and Tonpa are fighting, so they abandon them and go to the next phase. B, Gon decides to go through a window and down the side of the building with Killua. C, Gon figures out that you can punch through the wall of the tunnel, so they go through the big tunnel and then cut into the shorter one. D, Killua and Gon take the skateboard down the tunnel. (laughs) Okay, D... Doesn't really make sense. I don't know how it would solve any problems. Mm-hmm. Um, A. I mean, uh, I guess that could be it. I don't know. Um, I feel like it's either B or C though. Mm-hmm. C is like the coolest option. So I like to be that one. Yeah. Yeah, basically, like, Leorio and Tonpa are fighting, mm-hmm. but um, when they're fighting, they're in this big room with, like, weapons, because basically this phase is, like, inciting them to, like, fight each other, okay, so that, yeah. like, not all of them can make it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but then Gon notices, like, when they, like, when the weapons, like, hit the wall, it, like, breaks pretty easily, so he's like, we can just break through the wall, mm-hmm. beat the system. Yeah. And so that's how they get through all that's of them. So good. Okay. Let's do more questions. So Killua doesn't end up getting a hunter license. Um, 
the first time that he takes the exam. So later in the series, he takes it again. Mm -hmm. But why? So I guess this would be kind of hard. So his family also is has been kind of like angry that he left this whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's Wait, they kind didn't of want him to become a hunter. No, they okay. want him to be an assassin, like only. Okay. Cool. So he like basically like ran away from home. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of some backstory behind this. So, a his brother is facing off with him in the final challenge and threatens him to go home. He gets angry and kills his next contestant. B, in the final challenge, another testant is going to kill Gon. He kills them and is disqualified. So, in the hunter exam, if you kill somebody, you're disqualified. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you can still take it again, like, the next year. So, that's how people die sometimes. Okay. Um, C, in the final challenge, Killua realizes that he's kind of bored and he decides to go home. D, Killua's brother reveals himself to Killua and Killua freaks out and kills the brother. Okay. I mean, C is, like, so iconic. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like it's that one because he already put in, like, a ton of effort to pass. Mm hmm Um. I mean, B would be so cute. <laughs> okay, maybe it's, like, D because he's like, oh, my God, I was found out. Yeah. Um, so it's A. I see. So basically, he just, like, kills his next contestant because his, like, brother has, like, the aura powers that mm -hmm. they didn't know about. And yeah. he, like, kind of, I don't know, he messes with Killua and then, yep, he just, like, kills his next, <laughs> the next person that he has to face off against and he has to go home. Oh, my God. Um, okay. After the hunter exam, Killua and Gon have to make money. So they go to a giant fighting arena. So it's this giant tower, and there's, like, I don't know, there's, like, 250 floors or something? I don't know, something, or maybe, like, 200-something, 200-something. Mm -hmm. Each floor is more difficult. When they reach the 200th floor, they feel an intense aura. <laughs> Who is it? A, Killua's brother. B, the masters of the 200th floor, giving them a test to see if they know the aura magic. Okay. Which is, like, C, it's Hisoka guarding the 200th floor. Wait, who's Hisoka again? He's the, he the evil, guy? evil guy. Okay, who, like guy. the snatched waist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's D. This is, like, kind of... <laughs> it's Karapika facing off against a phantom troop member. So, that's, like, the... Yeah. Okay. That's, like, yeah. Yeah, the people who killed his family. Exactly. Yes. Okay. I want it to be C because I want that guy to come back. Yeah. It is C. Yay! Yay! So good! <laughs> yeah. Right. I skip. There's, like, actually so many details. Yeah. I mean, it's but, a whole show that yeah. you watched. Yeah. That's, like, kind of hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Um, we have a quick announcement. So after this episode, we're going to switch to only releasing one episode per month. Yeah. Because um, we have to go back to school. All right. And we also have social media. So our TikTok and Instagram are also talking in the movies. 
We have an email called talkinginthemoviespod at gmail.com. And and also our website is talkinginthemovies.com. Yes. Okay. This podcast is hosted and edited by me and Julia. Rebecca Imthorn <laughs> and Julia Stewart. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, our intro music is by Allison Imthorn. Our outro music is by Jaden Holster. <laughs> And our sound effects and, I don't know, middle music is by <laughs> Beetle Muse and Them Fish. Thanks for listening. We, we love, love, love you. you.